Welcome to the Fantasy Ace Ball Podcast. This is your host, Tim Kanak. You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Ace Ball, and you can find my written work over on Friends with Fantasy Benefits. Hopefully, I will be getting some written content up shortly. I have some articles that should be coming out in the very near future, and it looks like as far as Friends with Fantasy Benefits is concerned, I will probably be starting to release at least one article every week from here on out until the end of the fantasy baseball or <laughs> fantasy baseball fantasy baseball season. Uh, so you should be getting an article a week from me, and then you'll also be getting two podcasts minimum per week from the fantasy baseball podcast. I am recording solo today. No Raymond. No Gaby. No special guest uh, on this one. It was looking like I was going to get both the guys today, but uh, you know how things go. It's the weekend. We're recording on the weekend. So unfortunately, you guys just get me, or maybe fortunately. Um, I'm getting into a little news to start the podcast. I really wanted to talk to Raymond about this one because he's a Tigers fan, but a trade just went through where the Tigers traded Gregory Soto, their quote-unquote closer, all-star closer. Uh, they just traded him for a few backups, and it seems like Keith Law thinks they won the deal. Uh, Veerling is all right. I mean, nothing special. Really no reason for fantasy to invest in any of the three guys that the Tigers got for Soto. Soto may still have some fantasy value. It appears he could get a chance to get some saves, but they have a little bit of a committee there in Philadelphia now. They've got Kimbrell. They've got Soto. They have Alvarado, and they have Sir Anthony Dominguez. Honestly, out of the four of them, Alvarado is the best pitcher. Uh, and then probably Kimbrell, and then Sir Anthony, and then lastly is Soto. Uh, but I'm sure that all four of them will get saves at some point, and they're just going to be mixing and matching. you got two lefties, two righties. Um it's not a bad bullpen now. So uh, that was really their weakness going to last year. But now they lost half their bench because they just traded them in that deal. Uh, maybe they've got some guys that they think are ready to step up from the minors. So it won't be that big of an issue. Or they have some guys that they could potentially sign to fill those roles. Some other news. We had A.J. Pollock, Pollock sign with the Seattle Mariners today. And I'm not sure. It looks like he's going to be playing left field DH for the Mariners. Some DH. Good signing, though. He's a solid player when he's healthy. He still only averages like three to 400 at-bats a season. Uh, he's always been injury-prone, but he's going to produce when he's healthy and on the field. And I was really hoping the Mariners were going to bring back Hanager because he was kind of the leader of the team. But Pollock is solid, so um, I'm down for that deal. Uh, and then also some Carlos Correa news. It looks like the Mets and Correa negotiations are getting a little frustrated on the Mets' behalf. And Correa is seemingly going back to the Twins. As I've been saying the entire time, I believe that the Twins are the underdog in all of this, and they have a shot until the very end. Uh, he was just there. They know the medicals. They also offered him a long-term deal. I believe it was like 10 years, $285 million. So worst-case scenario, he should get something like that from the Twins. I do still think, though, that he is going to end up with the Mets at this point. And uh, last thing, some other recent news. The Marlins are apparently not just shopping Pablo Lopez, but also Edward Cabrera, which we've talked about a little bit on this podcast, Trevor Rogers, and Jesus Lazardo, interesting enough, who is coming off in a very, very good season. 
Um, if I am one of the teams trying to acquire one of these pitchers, my order of preference, especially considering contract, is probably Jesus Lazardo, Trevor Rogers, Edward Cabrera, and then Pablo Lopez. Even though Pablo Lopez is definitely the best of the bunch right now, um, he's not an ace. He's more like a number two starter than, a, than an ace, number two, number three starter. Uh, but those other guys have much more control. Hence, I would be going after those guys if it were my team. So that wraps up our news for the day. We should be going a little quick since it is just me talking and I have no one to go back and forth with. No banter. Sorry. Maybe you can banter with me in the car or in the gym or wherever you're listening to the podcast. You say, Tim, you're wrong or whatever. I'm into it. All right. We're going to get back into the mo- the auto mock. Uh, if you look on Twitter, you can follow along uh, or follow Chad Young on Twitter, who put this whole thing together from Pitcher List. And you could also follow me as I kind of pit my picks up against other similar picks in the draft. And you can vote on which player at which value you like the best. So we left off last podcast. My last pick was Shane Bieber. And I was really into a few guys. Um, I was really hoping to get Alec Manoa. And I had a max bid on him at $27. And I ended up getting him at $24. And on Twitter, the poll that I put up there was, do you prefer a $24 Alec Manoa or a $30 Spencer Strider? And this one actually ended 50-50. This one only had 20 votes. Most of these polls had way more votes. Um, some of them are very high. Some of them are very low. Uh, kind of just depends on what get, gets retweeted out there. Um, so Manoa, who has a 113 to 127 F score, a 115 stuff, 107 control, 129 FERA, and a 101 durability. And Spencer Strider, who has a 117 to 141 F score, because very high ceiling, a 147 stuff, 99 control, 140 FERA, and 83 durability, because he started as a reliever last year. This one ended 50-50. So you, listener, tell me. Go ahead, comment on uh, Spotify or on Apple Pods, whatever you listen to, and leave me some comments. Leave me some reviews. I have no reviews, I don't think. No, I have a few, just like random five stars that have no comments, I think. But please comment. Please review. Please hit me up on Twitter and start conversation on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter so we can talk. And let me know what you think. But I like my Manoa pick at $24. I'm a big fan of that. I am a huge fan of Manoa. I think he's more like a $30 pitcher, and I got him for $24. So I'm loving that. Even though that Strider price is still pretty solid. uh, But I trust Manoa more than Strider. Track more of a track record, more durability, I think. Um, so I think I am definitely taking Manoa there just based on that alone, even though Strider definitely has the more filthy stuff. Next guy on the chopping block that I want to discuss is I got a $10 Tony Gonsolin, and this was my least favorite pick of the draft so far. Um, he was up at nine. I think he was up at like six, and then I – brought him to seven or he was up at seven. I brought him to eight and some brought him to nine. And I was almost just doing this to price and force because so much money was being thrown around at the time that this pick went down. I was just kind of trying to push Gonsolin up, but I ended up with him at $10 and I'm okay with it, but it's still my least favorite pick of the draft because I feel like I got the worst value on all my picks with this $10 Tony Gonsolin. I feel like if I had gotten him for seven, $8, I would have been more okay with it. But $10 is a little high for me. Because uh, I'm not a huge Gonsolin guy. But I pitted a $10 Tony Gonsolin up with a $13 Charlie Morton. And Gonsolin won this vote 71.4% to 28.6%. Uh, 
Gonsolin with a 104 to 105 F score, a 107 F stuff, uh, 103 control, a 134 FERA, and a 70 durability. Morton with a 107 to 108 F score, so a little bit better than Gonsolin. Uh, 116 stuff, better than Gonsolin. 98 control, worse than Gonsolin. And FERA 102, much worse than Gonsolin. But a 113 durability, so that is also better than Gonsolin, who has been in a kind of swing role for the Dodgers where he started reliever, started reliever. Uh, all-star starter last year. I don't think he's going to be a reliever again. Uh, so that is something to take note of that should increase his value some. Um, so, I mean, I'm okay with this at the end of the day, but I still think it's my worst value pick so far of anyone. Next on here, we have an $11 Tommy Edmond that I got against a $14 Andres Jimenez. And funny enough, this one also ended 50-50. A lot of these are so close, and that's why I put them. Because Edmund and Jimenez are such similar players. Uh, honestly, I'm of course, I picked Edmund, so I'm going to go with Edmund in this. But the reason that I want to emphasize Tommy Edmund is that he has more position eligibility. Jimenez is mostly only second base, but in some leagues has second and short. Edmund, in some leagues, will have second, short, outfield, all over the diamond. So I love the position eligibility of Tommy Edmonds. It adds on a couple dollars of value that you're not seeing here. So uh, I actually had these guys in my rankings back-to-back. I have Jimenez ahead of Edmond in my rankings, but with this value, 14 to 11, I'm going Edmond because I've got them in the same tier. So Tommy Edmond with an S score of 108 to 112, and contact of 106, discipline 100, power 83, speed 188, durability 106. And if, Sorry, if this is your first time listening – these numbers, my F scores, I will have a podcast on it very shortly about what the F is an F score. <laughs> Catching time. I know. I'm a genius. Uh, so the F scores, basically when you hear these numbers, it's got like OPS plus. So 100 is league average. Andre Jimenez with an F score of 105 to 115. And when I say 105 to 115, 105 is the F score that my calculation gives me. 115 is the ceiling. Kind of. It's like a trending F score. That's the ceiling that that player could hit, theoretically, uh, based on the skills that they've shown and the progress in relation to the skills and aging curve. It takes all that into consideration. So, contact for Menes is 97, discipline is 82, power is 86, and speed, a whopping 203. This dude's fast. Durability, 102. Uh, so, this poll again ended 50 50, $11 Tommy Edmund against a $14 Andres Jimenez. The next poll that we have going down here is a $14 Sean Murphy who I selected or a $19 Dalton Varsho. Uh, so we're tagging a couple catchers here. Varsho won this poll 66.7 to 33.3. This poll had 27 votes again on the lower side of the votes. I think that I had really good value on Murphy. I'm pretty high on Murphy. Who's my number six catcher. Varsho is my number four catcher. I literally have these guys in the same tier Varsho, I have ranked higher, as you just heard. However, uh, a $5 difference here. So I'm going to go with Murphy, I think, with because of that $5 difference. I understand is going to be playing in the outfield, so he's going to get more at-bats. Um, Murphy has a better team uh, than he did in Oakland. So this could really open him up for a lot of progress. Not saying that Varsho doesn't have a good team, because now he's in the Blue Jays lineup, which is also quite amazing. Um, but Murphy hitting fifth or sixth, with the Braves, uh, he's going to have a big opportunity to up the counting stats. So I am down for that. And he is in a hitter's park now. We could see some 
significant increases in some of Murphy's, Murphy's numbers, despite probably a decreased amount of playing time. So that is something to keep in mind. I did pair Murphy with another really good catcher that I like, who we'll talk about in a little bit. But I have Murphy with a 101-113 F-score, 101 contact, 115 discipline, 121 power, 67 speed, 101 durability. And Dalton Varsho has a 103 F-score to 119 F-score, a 101 contact. So Varsho, higher ceiling, 101 discipline, 116 power, 138 speed. All above league average. I really like Varsho, by the way. Like, I'm all about Varsho. But um, I just like my value on Murphy, so I would put this a little closer, I think, uh, than 66 to 33. I think I'd be more like 50 60 on this. Um, durability for Varsho is 99. Next on the list, uh, I picked a couple of closers here, and I think I might have skipped one. So let me kind of scroll down and find the first closer one that I put on here. Aha, here it is. The first closer I selected was Jordan Romano. I got him for $15, and I pitted him up against a $19 Liam Hendricks. Jordan Romano has an F-score of 132 to 135, an F-stuff of 128, control of 121, FERA of 136, and a durability of 94. Hendricks has a 137 to 129 F-score. He is downtrending, hence why I like Romano better straight up between these two. Um, and then this is not even just straight up. I'm also getting a $4 discount. Uh, the stuff for Hendricks is 154, though, so he has better stuff. 134 control, so also better control, but a 113 FERA gives up too many homers. Durability is a 98. So Romano won this vote 76.2% to 23.8%. Boom, win for me. And now we will be to the other closer matchup that I was going to talk about. And let's say closer, quote-unquote, because we're not sure if Andres uh, Munoz is going to be closer. But I had here do you prefer a $15 Andres Munoz or an $18 Josh Hader so again this is new. so this is a points league saves and holds matter but not a ton it's not a ridiculous amount and Munoz even as a setup guy in six he started as like a six inning guy last year had over 500 points in new, which is pretty good for a reliever uh, the best guys get like 700 points, like Klaus and Diaz. I think Munoz, if he becomes the closer for Seattle, could be one of those guys. And those guys were going for $25. And I just got Munoz for 15 so I'm very happy about that. I think Hater has lost a lot, and I don't really see him getting back to that. However, I lost this poll because it was Hater 66.7% to Munoz, 33.3%. Munoz had an F score of 122 to 132 Stuff, 151. Control, 105. FERA, 137. And durability, 77. Hader has an F-score of 98 to 114. With a stuff of 143. Control, 92. FERA, 98. So Munoz blows him out of the water in all of those. And yet, Hader wins. Because a lot of people are just all about that Josh Hader name value. I am not going to beat that. Um, I did want to make a note. I did pick a $1 Trevor Bauer. I'm not going to pit him against anyone because there's really no comparison for his situation. He's a player that a lot of people hate. Um, I'm not here to pass judgment because I don't know what happened. He was not accused of anything. Uh, a lot of people want to act like he was accused of something when he wasn't. You know, that's cool. He did get suspended. So he was definitely doing something and he was not being smart. Like, he was definitely doing something he shouldn't have been doing, and he wasn't being smart. 
uh, the way he handled it. Um, I mean, I don't know if you're going to be that type of guy <laughs> should probably watch like 50 shades of gray and have like contracts for like who you're hooking up with or whatever. But Hey, uh, there's a little free advice for you. Trevor Bauer have like waivers and contracts if you're into that kind of thing. So if you're one of those weird people out there, I would probably, I don't know if I want to say weird, but if you're, if you're into that kind of thing, then you should probably have some sort of protection, especially if you're a millionaire pitcher would be smart. So Trevor Bauer, not very smart, did dumb things. Um, again, wasn't accused. So I'm not going to say he did anything. I'm not going to pass judgment on that. I know people who have been on both sides of this sort of situation. So I understand both situations. Um, but I added a $1 Trevor Bauer and I thought I would probably get him for $1 because I added him right before the Dodgers decided, made a decision. I didn't think anyone was going to do it. So in my mind, me getting Bauer, I can cut him for a dollar and all I do is lose a dollar if he doesn't get signed by anyone. But Trevor Bauer, when he pitches, like let's not care ourselves, this is a top 20 starting pitcher. So uh, I could have just got a top 20 starting pitcher for $1. And guess what? I, if I'm playing for money, I'm not going to care about how this guy is. Like, I get some people are like, I don't want to root for this guy. Hey, do you, but I'm competitive and I want to win. So that's what I do. Um, next one on here, another relief pitcher matchup. I added a $3 Alexis Diaz, Edwin's brother, who I love this guy. $3 is ridiculous. And I pit him up against a $10 Camilo Duvall. And, uh, Diaz won this 60% to 40%. I just friggin' love Alexis Diaz, especially at $3. Like, I would have gotten him for six. I had a $6 max on him. So Diaz has an F score of 120 to 126, stuff 128, control 100, FERA 122, durability 86. Doval has a 110 to 113 F score, so much worse than Diaz. Stuff 113, control 78, FERA 113. Much worse all around. Durability 95, he's a little more durable because he's been in the big leagues longer. Uh, so Diaz over Doval for me. Next matchup on here, I added a $2 Sal Frelick, and my comp to Sal Frelick is Stephen Kwan, so I added in here, would you rather have a $2 Sal Frelick or a $21 Stephen Kwan, which is what he went for because it's a points league, and those hits that Kwan gets, a lot of points. Those walks he gets, also a lot of points. This one went my way. Frelick won 52.6 to 47.4 because Quan is so expensive and Frelick is so cheap, not because one is better than the other, because obviously Quan is better than Frelick. And Frelick is a wannabe Stephen Quan. So Frelick has an F score of 98 to 104, with a contact of 96, discipline 124, power 83, speed 152, durability 82. Quan has a 111 to 116 F score. Very high, really. Very, very high. Contact, 115, discipline, 184, power, 62, speed, 118, durability, 105. A lot of that F-score, why he's so high, is that 184 discipline. So that's why he's not much higher in my rankings, I think. Next vote on here, I added a $4 Kyle Manzardo, and I pitted him against a $5 Matt Mervis. This one has 73 votes, and there's 15 hours remaining if you want to vote on this one. So get at it. Vote on this one. Right now, Manzardo's winning 65.8% to 34.2%. And I got Manzardo. So Manzardo has a F score of 93 to 96, contact 100, discipline 121, power 108, speed 75, and durability 64. Mervis has a 91 to 103 F score and 97 contact, 91 discipline, 113 power, 89 speed, 70 durability. So that is the battle of the minor leaguers right there. I love me some Manzardo, especially for this format because 
He just has great play discipline. Next one, I think this was a steal. I get a $6 Joe Ryan, and I pitted him against a $13 Pablo Lopez. So Ryan has a 104 to 117 F score. Lopez is a 106 to 107 F score. Ryan has a stuff of 118, Lopez 111. Ryan has a control of 110, Lopez 105. Ryan has an FERA of 99. He does give up a little bit too much hard contact. And Lopez 105. Durability for Ryan is 91 and 105 for Lopez. And Ryan is winning this poll right now 96.5% to 37.5%. I'm actually Twittering, 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 Tweeting right now. Let's get some more votes. Let's get some more votes on this one. Boom. Live. You're hearing it live. The social, the social media skills I have. So excellent. <laughs> okay. Uh, next one I have on here. I love this. I got a $3 Logan Ohapi or a $14 William Contreras. Ohapi is my backup to Sean Murphy. I love that because when Sean Murphy sits, I'm going to put Ohapi in there. Vice versa, this is a one catcher league, and Ohapi is a prospect who can hit. So th- I'm I'm all about this. Um, Ohapi is currently winning this one, sixty one point one percent to thirty eight point nine percent. There's still nineteen hours left by the time this podcast is out. There will still be some time to vote on these two that I just de- described. Ohapi has an S score of ninety six to one hundred six, a contact of ninety three, discipline one twenty five, power one twenty three, speed seventy nine, durability seventy one. William Contreras this is the younger brother. F score of 95 to 102, so right about in line with Ohapi, but Ohapi's way cheaper. Contact of 90, discipline 102, worse than Ohapi. Power 137, better than Ohapi. Speed 71, worse than Ohapi. Durability 80, better than Ohapi. So, uh, give or take, they're close to about the same player, but Ohapi I got for $11 cheaper. And that is all of the matchups that I have had to date. I believe also that is all of the players that I have drafted to date. Currently, in this draft, I am looking at the board right now. I have, I don't want to give too much away, but I've got four players that I could land in the next four hours. And I think it was five. I might have lost one of them here. I'm going to have to look at that. But I have a bid on my boy Drew Rasmussen for $7.00. Love him. I have a bid on Miguel Vargas that may be eight, maybe higher. <laughs> All these may be higher. I might have higher matches. I'm not going to give that away because when this is released, it's possible someone's going to listen to it and try to beat me. I have a bid right now that I'm leading on for Miguel Vargas for $8. I don't have a third baseman yet. I need one. I have a bid that I'm leading on for Lars Newbar for $11. I love Lars Newbar. As I've described in the podcast in the past, this is my boy. I love this guy. Uh, I also have a bid for a $15 Corbin Carroll. I am all about a $15 Corbin Carroll. All about it. Um, you know, I just see right here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to look into this. Craig Kimbrell is only $1 right now. I might have to put a bid on him. Even though I don't really like him. He's just, I mean, he's not that good. I don't know if I want to spend $2 on Kimbrell. Because even when he's getting saves, he's still not that good. So I'm not going to do it. I'm going to just leave him there. For I knew he's not that great. This is a points lead. So we will leave him. Um, I also have a bid on Corbin Carroll. It's at $15 right now. Very high, I know. But 
remember this is Dynasty. I want to lock in some Corbin Carroll for some years. So I'm down for that. One guy that is on the table that I freaking love and is just sitting there is Grayson Rodriguez for $7. And I'm trying to consider if I want to bid on him or not. A lot of that is going to depend on if I get Rasmussen. If I get Rasmussen, I'm kind of done with starting pitching because I've spent a lot at the top. Uh, so I might be stuck there. Currently, my team is Sean Murphy's my starting catcher at $14. Paul Goldschmidt is my starting first baseman at $33. Mookie Betts is my starting second baseman at $44. Trey Turner is my starting shortstop at $40. Tommy Edmond is my starting middle infielder at 11. I have no third baseman, hence Miguel Vargas. I'm hoping for it to be my starting third baseman. Michael Harris II is my outfield one for $22. Starling Marte is my outfield two for $14. I do have Sal Frelick in my outfield five spot right now, but he's probably going to be more like my bench outfielder, even though I do think he's going to start up with the Brewers. I've got him for $2. Uh, my SP1 is Max Scherzer for $37. My SP2 is Shane Bieber for $29. I love this rotation, by the way. Alec Manoa at $24 is my SP3. <laughs> and Manoa's an SP3. That's really good. Uh, Joe Ryan is my SP4 for $6. Tony Gonson is my SP5 for $10. And then other SPs I have, I have Trevor Bauer for $1. I also have Kyle Manzardo, by the way, on the bench for $4, but he's going to start in the minors, so he's, he's going to be one of my prospects. Relief pitchers, I have $15 Jordan Romano, $15 Andres Munoz, and a $3 Alexis Diaz. So very good relief pitching. Like, I love my pitching in this league. I love my hitting to this point, too. I just hope I can supplement well enough because I am nearly out of money. Right now, I have $327 spent, so I only have $73 left. And if I get all four of these guys, I'm only have $29 left, and I'm going to have to fill 23 spots. So I'm going to be getting all $1 and $2 guys, basically, from this point on. So we'll see how I can play this out. Um, so I have spent a lot of money. I've, Like I said, I've got 19 guys. Only one guy has more people than me at this point. So I need some of these guys to spend some more money. Um, I just feel like I keep getting good values in this draft. So I'm a big fan of it. And I've been talking about it for a minute. So uh, let's go on here in a second to the relief pitcher rankings, which is the second part of the show. I'm going to take a drink real quick. Alrighty. Thanks y'all for giving me a second. Solo podcasting is hard work. At the top here of the relief pitcher rankings. Um, and it's going to be much easier to read visually once I post this on Friends with Fantasy Benefits. But my goal today is to get through the first five tiers, which is only 19 relievers deep. There are a lot of relievers that... You cannot trust to be closers. So for reference, I'm just going to let you know I've got, I have to do a little counting here. 14, 15, 16, 17. I have 17 guys earmarked as closers. There's 30 teams. And only 17 guys are friggin' good to go set closers. Then, like, mostly closers, like guys that you're like, yeah, this guy's probably going to be the closer, but there's a chance that they lose the job. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of those guys. It's only eight of them. That's still less than 30 of the teams. Then we have some closure committees. So basically, if you look on Friends with Fantasy Benefits, once it's posted, my set closures are in blue. My mostly probably going to be closures, but could lose the job, are going to be in green. My closures by committee are going to be in yellow. 
And those I've got five, six, and it's basically two, 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 two. So it's three sets of twos. Um, and then besides that, I have setup men, primary setup men are going to be in orange and secondary setup men. So guys who are going to be more like seventh or backup eighth inning pitchers are going to be in red. And that's how I sorted this because that's very important to know who's going to be the closer, who's going to be getting saves, who's going to be getting holds uh, when the teams are in winning situations, because that is going to give you saves and holds points besides just ratio points. I hope that is understood. So tier one for my relief pitchers is two pitchers. And I had a vote on this on Twitter and my guy lost my number one relief pitcher for 2023 is Emmanuel Classe. I mostly pick Classe because the reason that people pick closers early is for safety, not for upside. Classe is more safe than Diaz, in my opinion. Diaz is more of a roller coaster ride. We've seen up seasons, we've seen down seasons. If you're picking a closer in the second, third, or even the fourth round, you want someone who you know for a fact will be getting saves and be putting up a good year. Class A is much safer than Edwin Diaz, hence why Class A is my number one relief pitcher. Class A has an F score of 167 to 180. Diaz, who's my number two closer, our number two relief pitcher, has a 161 to 191 F score. So you see there, Diaz has higher upside, but a lower floor. I am going with that floor. Hence, Class A. So, Class A has a 112 durability, a 130 stuff, 150 control, and a 207 FERA. This dude does not allow anything. No one can hit that ball. No one can hit that 103 mile per hour cutter. Edwin Diaz has a 95 durability, a 185 stuff, a 126 control, and a 180 FERA. So, Class A is number one. Diaz is number two. That is tier one. Tier two may surprise you, but this is it. And I love it. Number three relief pitcher is Devin Williams with the Brewers. He is set in that closer role now that Hader is gone. That's why they traded Hader. He is better than Hader to begin with. Devin Williams is number three. And this is also a two pitcher tier. Number four in this tier and number four overall and number two in this tier is Ryan Presley with the Astros. A lot of people seem to be down on Presley drafting into this year. So you may get very good value in this tier for both of these guys. I'm all about Devin Williams and I'm all about Ryan Presley. I don't care that he's 34, 35, whatever. Ryan Presley is still good. So Devin Williams is a 147 F score and a 141 future F score. His second half wasn't as good, which is why people are down on Williams. Ryan Presley has a 141 to 146 F score. Ryan Presley did have a good second half when he was healthy, but he got hurt. So people are concerned. Williams has a 94 durability, 152 stuff, 103 control, 185 FERA. Presley has an 84 durability, 150 stuff, 131 control, and 147 FERA. So go Class A, Edwin Diaz, Devin Williams, Ryan Presley. That's my top four. Let's get to Tier 3. Tier 3, my number five relief pitcher is Liam Hendricks. Number six is Rysel Iglesias, and number seven is Jordan Romano. So this tier is only three pitchers deep, tier number three. Hendricks, Iglesias, 
Romano. Hendricks for the White Sox might be traded. Iglesias for the Braves and Romano for the Jays. Hendricks is a 137F score with a 129 future F score. He is downtrending, but he's downtrending from a very good position. He was already a top two, three closer last year. So even though he's downtrending, he's still really, really good. Iglesias is downtrending as well. Part of that may be the fact that he was not the closer last year because of Cambrell. We'll see if that changes. Hopefully, he can get comfortable in Atlanta and put up a better season next year. Romano is uptrending. So Iglesias is a 136 F, or F score to a 131, and Romano is a 132 to 135. So out of these guys, Hendrick, the, the total F score is Hendricks, Iglesias, Romano. But the future F score is Romano, Iglesias, Hendricks. It's backwards. These three guys are basically interchangeable for me. I'll take any of them at the same value. Um, there's really not much difference to me between these three guys at all. Hence why I have them in the same tier. So Hendricks has a 98 durability, 154 stuff, which is the best in the tier. So I'm at the top. 134 control and 113 FERA. Iglesias, 101 durability, 141 stuff, 129 control, 124 FERA. Romano, 94 durability, 128 stuff, 121 control, and 136 FERA. I know I already talked about Hendricks and Romano because I put them, pitted them against each other in the vote. And as mentioned in that vote, and as mentioned just a second ago, these guys are interchangeable. And I got Romano for $4 cheaper than Hendricks, so you bet your bottom dollar. I am all about Romano over Hendricks when you're considering that I'm going to save $4. Tier number four is a bit larger. This goes from relief pitcher eight to 13. So that basically the top seven are really solid guys. I would love to get one of those guys in any draft, especially NFBCs um, or any league, especially like a DC where you cannot pick guys up in season. You need to get one of those top seven. I think if you're going to compete uh, or one of the guys in this tier, if you don't get any of the top 13, you may be toast. So to rehash that top seven, it's Class A, Diaz, Williams, Presley, Hendricks, Iglesias, Romano. My number eight reliever is Ryan Helsley. My number nine reliever is Felix Bautista. Number 10 is Andres Munoz, who is not bookmarked to be a closer right now, but could win the role, should win the role based on his skills. Because to me, Munoz is probably the fourth, or fifth best reliever in baseball. I would have him right after Devin Williams or Presley if he was a closer. I love Munoz. Number 11 is Joan Duran. 12 is Alexis Diaz, who we talked about a little bit in this podcast already too. And 13 is Josh Hader, who we also talked about in this podcast. So this tier is Helsley, Bautista, Munoz, Duran, Diaz, Hader. Helsley has a 121 to 140 F score. Bautista has a 123 to 121 F score. Munoz, 122 to 132. Duran, 121 to 135. Diaz, 120 to 126. And Hader, 114 to 113. So Hader is the only one in this tier. Actually, Hader and Bautista both downtrending a little. These are their second halves. Helsley, man, 140 ceiling. This guy and he showed it last year, can easily be a top five closer. It's all a matter of health. One of the problems with Helsley, if you draft him, 
and I'm a Cardinals fan, so I know, is that he cannot pitch back-to-back games. When he pitches that next game, he gets shelled. There are other relievers who have had that in the past. Um, a couple big ones. I can't remember off the top of my head, but there are other relievers out there who can't go back-to-back. Helsley's one of them. Because a lot of times, too, the Cardinals pitch him in multi-innings. So he'll pitch eighth and ninth inning and get the save, um, which he does better at because he was a starter before in the minors. So I think it makes more sense. Uh, the Cardinals, Gallegos is still going to be valuable, guys, because and gals, because Gallegos is still going to get saves because Helsley cannot pitch back-to-back. So if the Cardinals win a game, Helsley gets a save, and then the next game, it's three to two. You got to still get someone good in there. Gallegos is going to be the man. So Gallegos is still going to get saves. I am telling you that right now. Gallegos is one of the best setup men in baseball. I'll go Munoz and then Gallegos for setup men. That's it. So I love Ryan Helsley. 128 stuff. Obviously, killer fastball. One away control, 122 FERA. Felix Bautista right behind him with a one eight or a 83 durability, 129 stuff, 103 control, 132 FERA. Next on the list, Andres Munoz, my boy, 151 stuff, 105 control, 137 FERA. John Duran, who should close for the Twins, but right now it's like a closer by committee between Duran and uh, Trevor May, I want to say, or, or I can't remember who else they have. I've got a few guys on here. Oh, Jorge Lopez, that's the guy, Jorge Lopez. Uh, Duran is way better, but maybe they want to do like what Pittsburgh did with Bednar at the beginning of the year last year where they don't want him to close because they're trying to save on arbitration money. That is a possibility. So Duran has an 82 durability, 130 stuff, 104 control, 138 FERA for a 121 to 135 F score again. Number 12, Alexis Diaz, 86 durability, 128 stuff, 100 control, 122 FERA. And then lastly, Hayter, who we've already talked about in this podcast with an 84 durability, 143 stuff, 92 control, pfft, FERA 98. Pfft. Maybe Hayter will fix himself. We'll see. And then get back to a top five reliever, but he may just be downtrending. The Brewers are a pretty smart organization. People give him crap for the trade, but uh, that's a good trade because they just turned it around for William Contreras. So I liked it. So um, we'll get through one more tier here. And then I'll reread the tier and we'll call it a day. It'll be a nice little short podcast because nobody wants to hear someone monologuing for over an hour, I don't think. All righty. Next tier has a little mix of closures and non-closures in them, just like the last tier. We had Munoz as a setup guy who should be a closer, but we don't know yet because Seawald is also good, who is in this next tier, hit him. And then we have Joan Duran, who is listed right now to be in a closer by committee with Jorge Lopez. So we don't know if those guys are going to be closers. Uh, they're really good. If we knew that they were going to be closers, they may be a little bit higher in the rankings. In this tier, the top of the tier is a guy who's also in a closer by committee, but is really frigging good when he's healthy. Number 14, Pete Fairbanks. Number 15 is Scott Barlow with the Royals. Fairbanks is with the Rays, by the way. So everybody knows the Rays like to play those games. That's going to hurt his value some because he is really, really, really freaking good when he pitches. Uh, number 16 is David Bednar, closer for the Pirates. Number 17 is Kenley Jansen, closer for the Red Sox. Number 18 is Paul Seawald, who is supposed to be the closer for Seattle, but 
could get replaced by Munoz. And if he does, he's still a good set of man. And number 19 is Giovanni Gallegos, who I already mentioned is the second best set of man right now to Munoz in all of baseball. So that is the tier. Fairbanks, Barlow, Bednar, Jansen, Seawall, Gallegos. Fairbanks has an F score of 129 to 134. Barlow has an F score of 127 to 133. Bednar has an F score of 115 to 126. Jansen has an F score of 123 to 118. Seawald has an F score of 120 to 121. And Gallegos has an F score of 121 to 120. So that is the tier. Fairbanks with a one a 67 durability, which is what really hurts him. 145 stuff, which is ridiculously good. 118 control, 156 FERA for a 129 to 134 FERA or F score. Barlow, 115 durability, 125 stuff, 114 control, 115 FERA. Bednar with a 90 durability. He did get her last year, uh, which is what's kind of pulling him down a little bit. 129 stuff, 112 control, 107 FERA. Jansen, 101 durability, 115 stuff, which is the worst out of all the relief pitchers that we've talked about so far. 105 control, which is the worst besides Hader and, and uh, Alex Diaz of all the relievers we talked about so far. And a 126 FERA, so he still does a pretty good job of limiting damage despite uh, getting older. Probably the craftiness in the pitch mix have a role to play in that. Paul Seawald, projected closer for the Mariners, with a 90 durability, 128 stuff, 116 control, and a 109 FERA. I like Seawald a lot, but I like Munoz more, which is why I want Munoz to be the closer, but we'll see what Seattle does. And last in this tier, and the last guy we're going to talk about in this podcast is Giovanni Gallegos, the 92 durability, and 137 stuff, so really nasty stuff still. 123 control, 114 IFRA. I love Gallegos, man, as a Cardinals fan. Like, I'm so glad that they signed him back. That void for Gallegos trade looked so bad at first, but it was so good. I think at the end of the day, I would take Gallegos over void. I think most people would in that trade through these terms. So that is one that the Cardinals want. All right, so that's going to leave us through our first five tiers of relief pitchers. We'll get into tier six next time on the podcast. This is the top 19 relievers. I'm going to name them again so you can write them down and make some money because of me. Number one, Manuel Class A. Number two, Edwin Diaz. Number three, Devin Williams. Number four, Ryan Presley. Number five, Liam Hendricks. Number six, Rysel Iglesias. Number seven, Jordan Romano. Number eight, Ryan Helsley, number nine, Felix Bautista, number 10, non-closer as of yet, Andres Munoz, number 11, closer by committee, Joan Duran, number 12, Alexis Diaz, number 13, Josh Hader, number 14, Pete Fairbanks, closer by committee, number 15, Scott Barlow, number 16, David Bednar, number 17, Kenley Jansen, number 18, Paul Seawald, could be replaced by Munoz. And number 19, Giovanni Gallegos set a man for the Cardinals. And that wraps that up. All right. That is it for two nights, two days, whenever you're going to listen to this episode of the Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Again, I really appreciate everybody listening. Please follow me on Twitter at Fantasy Baseball. Please follow 
Raymond on Twitter at Raymond Atherton. And please follow Gabe uh, in person. I guess you're going to have to like stalk him or something to follow him. Like a literal physical follow because he doesn't have Twitter. So if you want to see what he's up to, you can't just like follow along on social media. You have to like follow him with binoculars and stuff. A little weird. Probably uh, his wife wouldn't like that. Always kid. <laughs> well, thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Please, because uh, this does take a lot of work. I would really appreciate follows. I would really appreciate comments. I would really appreciate some back and forth on Twitter. And I would really appreciate ratings and reviews on Apple Pods and Spotify. Thank you very much. You guys are the best. You gals are the best. Thanks for listening. Next time, we will get through the rest of the relievers. There will be a lot to get through. Uh, I'm not going to go all the way down the list. I ranked 100, the top 151 relievers, literally. So probably what we'll do is we'll go through the next few tiers till we get through the closers, the next three tiers or something like that. And then we will just discuss other guys further down the list that we like and who we think might be uh, potentially good saves and holds. Thank you again. Until next time. Peace.